Hello and welcome to the Keep It All Change Cars podcast. My name is Gugu Masuku and I'm your host. And today we're going to do something very interesting. Uh, we've been talking in studio about electric cars, EVs, the charging and the pros and cons. But obviously we're not experts at that. And the whole idea has been to bring someone into studio who's an expert to school us and talk to us about that sort of stuff. John Ford. How's it, man? Very good in yourself, Gugu. Good. Thanks for coming. You're from Grid Cars. That's correct. Right? So what is Grid Cars all about? Because I know what it, it's all about, but people out there don't actually have an idea that there's an organization like the one you work for that does what you guys do. Well, yeah. So I think to, to answer that question, it's I've got to be very strategic here because <laughs> it's something that's um, you know, not very easy to answer. But I yeah. think in general, if you think about Grid Cars, you know, we try to stick to what we say, and that is all to empower the EV revolution in South Africa, right? And that takes many, many forms. So I think if I just start from one end, it's that we are a EV public charging network mm -hmm. that facilitates the growth of the Indian EV industry. Mm -hmm. As we all know, you know, people worry about range anxiety. People ask the question, you know, can I drive to Cape Town if I actually buy an EV? Mm. And the answer is yes. And that's one part of our business. Okay. But another part of that is that we actually supply EV charging hardware and equipment. We manage networks on behalf of third parties, not just ourselves. So is that for, for private individuals or is that the public ones? So that is for public as mm -hmm. well as private. Okay. And remember, as this industry grows, it's going to infiltrate not only the automotive side, mm. but there would be a massive part in the logistics side you yeah. know, as trucks start to actually transition. So it's not just the public side that you know most people look at, the passenger mm. car market, but we develop the technologies that will support all of these different industries. Mm. And like I said, it is the hardware, it's the software and backend solutions that run the hardware. So that's what we call in the industry is called a CPO or charge point mm -hmm. operator. And then another thing that EV drivers will actually come into contact with is our EMSP services, which is e-mobility service provider. You can think of that as being the app that EV drivers will interact with, as well as the charge card that they will have in their pockets that they, that they can go and swipe at any public charging station. Mm. Or again, they can use that app to authorize charging sessions. Okay, before we get there, I think... Um what I want to know is, obviously, I feel like Grid Cars is like the pioneer or the leader in terms of infrastructure in the country. Is that correct? You could say that, yes. Yeah, you, you could, guys you have quite that. a few. <laughs> How many Grid Cars charging stations are there in South Africa? All right. So let me let me just backtrack and actually talk about the different types of charges. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. You have to obviously dis make a quite large distinction between public versus private. Okay, also, let's go public. AC and DC. Mm -hmm. right? So I'll give you a big... Um, Number because remember these numbers are changing all the Constantly. time. Constantly, if I talk about public charging, a mixture of AC and DC, um, excluding dealerships, because remember dealerships have also started installing yeah, yeah, yeah. public yeah, yeah. charges. Do you guys do the dealership ones as well? A, well, let's put it like this: Yes, we yes. have done some of them, not all of them. Yes. However, we are an operator of a large portion okay. of charging stations at the dealerships. Yeah. Right, so I'll, I'll actually break those numbers down for you. So yeah. if we just talk about how many public charging stations there are for people to use that are not actually including the dealer charges, mm -hmm. you're probably looking in the region of about 180 to 185. Right? Across the country. Across the country. It's a lot. Now remember, that's a charging station. Mm -hmm. And remember, there are numerous plugs on a charging station. Okay. So that, that's a different story altogether because right. John and I were chatting as he came in here and I was just relaying to him my experience having driven an electric car and being frustrated trying to 
charge this vehicle at one of their charging stations at Good Cars and realizing that the thing I have to charge with doesn't fit into the car, going to another station and, and realizing the same thing. So there's two types, right? AC and DC mainly. Correct. Correct. Please explain. Okay, so yeah, I think let's then jump into that because I yeah. think that will put many people to rest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but just you know, a disclaimer: it might sound difficult right now, mm. but this will become common knowledge really soon. You know, most people didn't know. You know, turbos, non-turbo, yeah, automatic. Yeah. You know, <laughs> these are now very common. Yeah. But with charging, it will become common knowledge. So, in a broad term, AC charging is the slower type of charging. Right. You are going to probably use this type of charging for 80 to 90% of your overall charging. Because this is what you'll be doing at your own home, Mm -hmm. in your garage. If you live in a big development, there would be AC public charging stations in the parking lots there. Possibly at your business park, there will be AC charging stations. And there are AC charging stations actually attached to the public DC stations as well. So one thing to remember, Mm -hmm. it's pretty much slower. But there are advantages to that. It's much more. Okay, so it takes longer for the car to charge on an, on an AC um, charging station. Correct. What are we looking at roundabout? So it really does depend on three factors, yeah. right? There's obviously a battery size that you're charging. You can think of that as the the fuel tank size. You know, mm-hmm. an 80 liter tank is going to take a little bit longer to you know to fill, fill up, up than, than a 45. 20. Yeah, yeah, exactly yeah. that. So. If you look at the battery size of the vehicle, we can use an example of a, let's call it a 44 kilowatt hour battery pack, mm-hmm. just for this example, right? Yeah. Now, if this car that has the 44 kilowatt hour battery pack could charge at 22 kilowatts AC, okay? Now, this is the maximum, and mm-hmm. we can dig into it if you'd like, mm-hmm. but 22 kilowatts is usually the maximum for AC. Okay. If that vehicle could charge at that charge rate, it would fill up, so to say, 22 kilowatts per hour. Okay. And so therefore, those 44 kilowatt hours will be filled in within two hours. Two hours. Oh, Always plus okay. minus. There's some yeah, things yeah. that will obviously change the timing slightly. But okay. as a rough estimate, it would be in that region. Okay. So that would be two. Okay. So that's how you do the maths on that. Yeah. Now, and I mean, you'd see most vehicles in South Africa, their AC charge rate is about 11 kilowatts. So even if the charger is able to provide the 22 kilowatts. So it that also still depends on the vehicle. It's not just the charger. Correct. Wow. And that's why if you look at a car, right, you'll find that battery size. Mm. You'll find an AC charge rate, but you'll also find a DC charge rate. Mm. So and it's so many factors, basically. It's, it's not just one factor to consider. Correct. And Very But it's luckily easy because yeah. if you look at the specs, instead mm. of now looking, oh, two liter, four cylinder, you know, no non-turbo naturally aspirated. Okay, great. You've got a normal six-speed gearbox you'll now know that this becomes a fundamental part of it. Mm. You'll have a 120 kilowatt motor. So now you know your power, the Mm. meters of torque, sure. But you're also going to ask, what type of charging capability does this Mm. car have? Mm. You know, what's the AC rate? What's the DC rate? And how big is this battery pack? Because again, this becomes a big part of your buying decision. People will start to understand that, you know what? They don't need a car that's got 110 kilowatt hours because it's too big. They won't. Know, they really won't use it. And remember, a bigger battery pack takes longer to charge. But then, does uh, does a, a, does it not mean that if you've got a bigger battery pack, you've got more range? Does that not equate? Definitely. But remember, you're also adding weight. You're yes, adding absolutely. a lot of. Let's call it the retail price will inflate just slightly with a bigger yeah, battery pack. Yeah. And again, most people will realize that they don't actually use all of that battery. 
They really don't. I was saying to 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 John over. I was saying to you when we start before we started that I had a Mercedes Benz EQA um, mm. reviewing because I review cars as well, and it came with the range of 380 kilometers, and I drove it for six days. Didn't have to charge it once, not once. Mm. Six days driving every day, mm-hmm. right? So, and I think that's why it comes down to people will start to realize that what I really want mm. is a battery size that caters for my real world needs. Okay. Okay. Because now you're maximizing the convenience because when you actually have to go to Cape Town or mm. you drive to Durban and you use a DC charger again, which is a lot quicker now, mm-hmm. your charge time drops a lot because you don't actually have to charge all the way to full, for example, or, you know, but it just, it makes sense. So you're going to want a car. Mm-hmm. I'm going to use a car that's not in South Africa just yet. Yeah. Um, the Kia EV6, for example, mm. that has got two different battery sizes if you look in the european market it's a smaller battery pack i believe it's in the region of 55 kilowatt hours mm-hmm. and then there's also a bigger battery pack version now in my opinion i would personally love the smaller battery pack yeah because first of all it'll probably provide me with 300 to 350 kilometers of range which, which is, is more enough. than what i need yeah right and when i get to the end of that mm. you know i won't stop because i have to charge I'll stop because I need to go to the bathroom and get, mm. grab a cup of coffee. Mm. And while I do those things, I would have done in any case. That car has an 800 volt battery, right? Mm. It's, the architecture is 800 volts, which mm-hmm. means it's got a really high speed DC charging. So by the time I've done those things I would have done, all of a sudden the car's back to where I needed to be to continue my journey. And so now, even on long distance travel, I'm not really going to be inconvenienced by charging. Not at all. Need advice? Visit changecars.co.za and click on the Keep It or Change Cars tab. Okay, so let's talk about long distance travel because that's normally the argument from the general public. Oh, but can it drive from here to Durban? From what I understand, there's enough charging infrastructure on the N3 to, to get you there. 100%. And I mean, I think this is the perfect now time to explain DC charging, yeah. right? So 11 kilowatts, you know. Most of the time, that's your AC rate on South African mm-hmm. EVs, can mm-hmm. go up to 22. It's due to the onboard charger in the car. DC charging is a lot quicker. Okay. You would most likely find that most EVs can mm. at least and at minimum do mm. 50 kilowatts DC. 50 kilowatts, 50 kilowatts. hour. Oh, that's and the charging that's, rate. And that's Jeez, minimum. That's a lot. Right. So now yeah. you're looking at the average car that can do, let's say, 100 kilowatts. Mm. Some can do 150. Some can do 200. Jeez. And so now all of a sudden you can see how this starts to change. But to answer your question then directly, you know, going to Durban, mm. yes. There are, at the moment, six DC fast chargers in between Joburg and Peter Maritzburg. That's there enough. are 100%. Mm. And remember, there are numerous connectors on those stations. Okay. There are AC stations on those uh, well, let's call it on those same stations. There are AC connectors and there are other AC stations as well. So, for mm. example, um, at Montrose, mm-hmm. um, there's a Protea Hotel mm-hmm. and they actually have a dedicated AC public charging station okay. right there. So for their guests, yeah. if they'd like to stay over because maybe they don't like to do 600 kilometers a day, mm-hmm. you do get people who just, you know, enjoy yeah, yeah. The, the, the trip. They can actually plug their car in next morning. They'll wake up. Get back fully in the car, charged, fully charged with that AC system there. So correct, there are many connectors and people don't have to worry where they are yeah. because again, they'll have an app on their phone which will communicate live statuses of charge points. 
are there any charging stations before Montrose? Because I understand Montrose is sort of the halfway point to mm. Durban. Is there anything before that and after that? There is, there is. So mm-hmm. the first one you'll actually uh, drive past because most likely you won't stop you won't there. Yeah, but yeah. if you want to, is at Valir. Yes. So Valir is one. I know that there's a public DC station at Tandatau as well. Tundertown. It's. I think there's a Sassel uh, filling station there okay, with a little okay. okay place and a little restaurant. Yes, and, mm. seen it. Uh-huh. So there's there's a public charging station there. Mm-hmm. The next one, I believe, let's quickly have a look because there is a public mm. station. Interesting. I mean, <laughs> you talk about all of this and I was driving the, the this Mercedes while you have a look there. This Mercedes-Benz EQA and you can go into the screen of that thing, into the menu and say, search for charging stations near me. Mm-hmm. And it brings them all up. And I'm like, what? Like literally if I'm here in Rosebank, mm-hmm. it just brings everything up that's near me. That's a really, really cool thing in my opinion. Mm. So, I mean, a big part of what we do is, you know, we've got a, a mapping service mm. and we also put all the information that we've got, we, we share that with different mapping sites. So for example, the um, in-car mapping systems, you know, be it here or whatever the provider, we share our information to oh, them so that that can feed yes. directly into the, the um, navigation systems of vehicles. Mm. As you know, most people don't actually use that. They just use Google Maps. Yeah, on the phone. So that being said, we ask, um, there's one of their um, sub-Saharan African partners. Mm. So we actually share our information directly to Google Maps. And so if you click on one of the charging stations, it won't just be a pin drop. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is actually a EV charging station. It'll show you the charging speed and all of that. Um, but that being said, the place where you will get the most information is yeah. the Charge Pocket web app that we've so there's developed. An app. Correct. Yeah. So that web app will actually provide you with live information. So if it is available, mm-hmm. it's going to show you its That's screen. That's nice. If someone else is plugged in, it'll show you that someone else is charging right That's there. That's nice. And you can click on it so it can notify you when they are going to be done. Oh, wow. It also provides things like pricing, mm-hmm. speeds, so if tell it's me, whoa, available. Are all the these different, different prices to this thing? I mean, if I charge at in Rosebank versus at Montrose, am I paying different fares? So, yes. Remember, yes. the public network consists of people, well, different networks. Mm. It's actually not just one owner. Mm. You know, I mean, we, we mentioned earlier you know, how many grid car stations are there. We manage, well, we own about 80% of the public DC network in South Africa. So that being said, there are other networks out there and you'll have access to them. Mm. We do not want to do what they did in Europe where you've got different networks and it's a closed off systems where you need different memberships and different cards to gain access. That's not how we're gonna get certain farmers with their, you know, big diesel (laughs) buckies to actually get into an EV, right? You need to make it as convenient as possible for the customer, correct. So there are different networks out there. There will be different pricing. Some are even free, right? Mm -hmm. And all this information is provided to people upfront. Mm -hmm. Um, So what I can say, and I think we can even maybe talk about, you know, usage patterns here and Mm. how much that will then cost you. Mm. But if we are talking public network, and I will say worst case scenario right now, um, for the most expensive DC charge that you will find in South Africa right now is seven Rand 35 per kilowatt hour. It's nothing. Well, it's just going to be compared to fuel, compared to petrol. That's that's correct. really nothing. Correct. Right. Um, and five rand eighty eight per mm-hmm. kilowatt hour for an AC charge. 
Now this again oh, is so worst DC case scenario. So AC changes. I mean, you're putting in the same juice, but the prices will be different. And I'm assuming because it's the different rates of charging now. Well, that first of all, yes, it's mm-hmm. about the service. You know, an AC charger is a lot slower. Yeah. Right. It's less convenient. Yes. But again, the charging station itself was also a lot more affordable for the network to provide to you. Mm-hmm. So again, it's you know the service is a little bit um, yeah cheaper for them to offer to you, mm-hmm. and obviously they don't need to maybe recoup as much funds. So there's that. But remember, there are a whole host of different prices. There are free charges, like I said. There's vouchering systems built into these mm. types of things. Don't really want to get into all the detail, but the possibility for you to get free charging is there as well. Want SA's leading insurance? Visit changecars.co.za and click on the discovery logo. So, John, what happens if I get to a charging station, right? And someone's charging their car. The car's fully charged. They're not there. Can I pull it off and, and, and plug it into my car? How does that work? So that would depend on a couple of things again. You know, mm. certain cars, when the charging station is done, mm. would actually release the connector. Okay. So, you know, there's some EV etiquette that we yes. will still have to get across to the consumer base. But yes, for example, if it was an i3 that was there, mm-hmm. um, the charging station was done, you'd be able to unplug Okay. The vehicle because it's done. It releases yeah, yeah. the connector, and you'll be able to plug in and and do obviously plug in and uh, charge your car. Um, that being said, you know we yeah. are monitoring the situation. Mm. You know, and so, so sorry to cut you off there. For for those who don't know, while the thing the car you can't actually pull it off. No, I, I had no, trouble no, trying to place, pull it so. off, and it's locked in, right? And that's what we're referring to here. Yes. And mm. just again, you know, it really is car dependent. Certain cars will actually have certain locks, yeah. the settings in the vehicles. Yeah. Um, we are, you know, recommending to the OEMs that, I mean, I don't want to say which OEM this is, but there was one that came in and by default, they actually locked the cables in. And so we worked with the OEM and, you know, part of their PDI process is they mm-hmm. then changed that default setting nice. to release the cable. Nice. So, yes, there are instances where it would lock in. Mm-hmm. Um, luckily, in reality, though, we're not really seeing people being held up by these things really? yet. Remember, you know, we don't have 50,000 EVs True. You know, traversing South Africa True. just yet. The technologies we've got are capable of handling the situation. So at some stage we might consider doing what's happening in Europe right now, where we will give you an allotted amount of time after the session finishes mm-hmm. to come and remove your car for the next person to come and charge. And um, if you don't? And if you don't, you will just pay for oh, that Oh, there's privilege. a fund. So you, you're gonna be forced to, to be- Correct. And then people will do that. Yeah. Um, we're also working potentially on something we call queuing. Uh, mm-hmm. But again, that close to the time we can maybe uh, explain a little bit more about what that will entail yeah. and how that would work. Okay. So let's talk about, I mean, we were chatting about the infrastructure. Um, you were still telling me you were checking on your machine there in terms <laughs> of what we have on the N3. Yeah. So, I mean, we were talking about Villiers Tau. You've yeah. got a DC station at Harry Smith. Yes. After Harry Smith, you've got Montrose, which is that AC charging yeah, station. Yeah. Um, after Montrose, we will have another DC at Tugela. It's actually, wow. Yeah. And we've got two on both sides of the uh-huh. highway. So up to 150 kilowatts, for example, Jeez. on one of those. Mm-hmm. You then have Moira, Maritzburg, and then the next ones would all be in the Durban area. That is exciting, John. And in my next EV, the next EV that I review, I'm going to do that trip. Please. Now that I'm, 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 I'm informed <laughs> and a lot more confident. I'm going to try the trip. And I'll challenge you, right? Yeah. If you have an EV next year, February, yes. you should consider driving down to Cape Town for Formula E. We did that oh, look, this that'll year. Be, that'll be phenomenal. I mean, doing, driving <laughs> to Cape Town. We did Formula E this year and it was insane. But how many charging sets? Do you have enough, basically, from here to Cape Town? 
hundred percent. So really? on the N one, we've yes. got about let's say twelve DC fast charging stations. Mm-hmm. Obviously, going all the way into Cape Town. Yes, in Cape Town, there's there's many many more. But again, you don't have to just follow the N one. You mm-hmm. could actually go south, and you can go down to PE and, and there's more. Drive all along the coast all the way into Cape Town. Correct, which is let's call it a, a scenic route. The scenic route. <laughs> yes, yeah. yes, yes. Now I'm definitely going to try that. So now tell me something. From what I understand, electricity is much cheaper than petrol in terms of pound for pound and charging. What are we looking at on average? I mean, people are wondering, why would I, why would I want to switch over to an EV? I think that's one big perk for, for, for mm. motorists, in my opinion. Petrol is not cheap. Yeah, no, not at all. And look, it's also very volatile. You right. Know? And I think if you're considering going EV, mm-hmm. many benefits you'll receive. I mean, it's not just cheaper to run, but let's talk about fueling, right? Yeah. So the South African pattern, about 80 to 90% of your charging takes place in your own garage, right? So if you look at your own electricity bill, you'll see what you're going to pay per kilowatt hour. Is it cheaper at home? Hundred percent, really. 100%. Remember, you will just be paying your normal rate. And -hmm. if that is, I'm going to give you an example, 250 per kilowatt hour. Yeah, is that that average or normal? Yes, you could look at between 250 to 3 rand. Per kilowatt uh, hour. Per kilowatt hour at Mm -hmm. home, depending obviously on where you live. But if you were to drive a city EV, I'm just going to use an average vehicle consumption, 18 kilowatt uh, hours to the 100. Um, If you drive a car like that, you pay 2 rand 50 per kilowatt hour, mm-hmm. you're going to look at about 40, 45 cents a kilometer. Jeez. And that's just in your charging. Jeez. Right? Now, if you take a petrol equivalent, and mm. I did this uh, before, where it's a vehicle that's actually got an ICE version and an EV version. The equivalent petrol version is about, let's call it, I think it's one rand 35 a kilometer. So three times. Three times more. Three times more. Yeah. Yeah, and that's just fueling. So now yeah. we're not talking maintenance. We yeah, need to yeah. do oil changes and yeah. these types of things, and we're also not talking something. You know, many people don't think about depreciation really, right? Mm-hmm. Because I think there is a big question mark. You know, what's the used car market going to look like in the future? Mm-hmm. And also, because batteries. I mean, my, my phone battery not dies, but the, the capacity reduces over time. 100%, I would imagine yeah. the same would happen on a car. Correct. Mm-hmm. Correct. So a battery, a lithium-ion battery, it yes. does degrade over time. Yeah. And I think, you know, many people think, oh, how long is this battery going to last, right? Um, luckily, we can see what's happened in Europe, and it's very reliable. You know, okay. batteries don't just break. Like so you how said, long they does degrade. It, what, what's, what's the lifespan of a battery in a car so from brand new? So what the OEMs are providing is about, mm. let's say, between an 8- and a 10-year warranty on the battery pack. And they give out guarantees of certain performances, right? Okay. So they'll say, we guarantee that you'd have 80% of the original lifespan left on that battery pack or after 8 or 10 years, right? Really? Now, that's their guarantee. Mm. And that's also worst case scenario when they said that because they have to protect themselves yeah, when they yeah. do these things. Yeah. But that being said, think about this. Eight to 10 years, you might have lost 10 to 15% of your battery. What's that going to do to you? Nothing, really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that battery will continue lasting for a very long time. And in certain instances, we're seeing the vehicle batteries outlasting the body of the vehicle. And really? that's, why, uh, that's why OEMs mm. are actually making sure that these batteries actually mm-hmm. become a part of the chassis of the vehicle because they would never have to really remove that battery. So you're going to see battery degradation. Um, mm-hmm. Obviously, that would also depend on how you're going to be treating that battery. You know, fast charging it every single day, cycling it hard, you'll see more Letting deg- it go to on- empty, charging <laughs> it fully. Correct. You, you'll see more degradation in yeah. that instance after 10 to 15 years yeah. than if you just really took care of the battery. But again, 
that's just mileage differences. The car doesn't break. The car will be fine. And people really don't have to worry about that. Looking to buy a new or used car? Visit changecars.co.za. Okay, so John, what happens when the car's like old? I mean, you've got old cars on the road, 20, 25 years old. You're still running, right? What happens to an EV at that stage? The battery is not the same as it was when it was new. Mm -hmm. Let's say it's like 50% or below. Can you go and, and get a new battery? How much is that going to cost? You guys know at this stage what, what those things are looking like? Mm. So remember, you know, what we know what will happen is new industries will grow. Okay. Mm. We are already seeing battery, let's call it battery recycling is mm. a new industry that is really, really coming online now. But at the same time, repurposing of batteries. Because mm. remember, a badly degraded EV battery pack is still a really valuable asset. If you really? look at a home battery system, you're looking at potentially something between 10 and 30 kilowatt hours. Okay, that's that's a home system. Mm -hmm. A typical EV battery pack might be 60 to 80 kilowatt hours. So if that's degraded by 30% potentially, that is a very valuable asset to maybe repurpose and use for home storage. Oh, I see, I see. So you Second can life. repurpose, yes, yes, yes. So yes. there will be industries, and look, I, I'm obviously not a, an EV OEM, mm -hmm. but I can imagine that there could be potential for them to have certain yeah. programs where they bring in older vehicles, just yeah, like yeah. Apple does with their phones, you yeah, know? Yeah. And repurposing those battery packs yeah. for second life use. Yeah. And maybe even after second life use, maybe then they'll start to recycle those battery packs and then reusing those materials that they can extract into the next generation of batteries. So definitely there's a lot still, to, a lot of work still to do, mm -hmm. you know, in that space. But at the same time, there's a lot still to do in the EV charging side as well. You know, and there are new challenges arising, but just because there are some challenges does not mean that this is not the way to go. Doesn't mean let's slow down. Oh, 100%. This means we should speed up, right? Okay. We know the benefits of going EV. Mm. We know the potential of the technology. Mm. You know, a vehicle. So, so let's talk about the benefits quickly because mm -hmm. uh, yeah, I think that's a big thing. And as personally, I mean, I've, I've been against it for a while, but mm -hmm. the more you start driving these cars, the more you start to see them for what they are. And it's like, I could live like this. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, let's talk to us about the benefits of EVs. Right. So we started off saying, you know, lower running costs. Yeah. 100%. Right? So that's, that's, that's the daily running. What about right. the, the servicing and maintenance side of right. it? So. You know, I actually want to ask what? Yeah, <laughs> what yeah, what yeah. servicing? Yeah. No <laughs> so spark yes, plugs, they, no, no fuel spark filters, plugs, no oils. Really? I mean, there are so few moving parts that there's yeah. less to go wrong. Yeah. You know, the vehicles will be checked at your, your local dealership. They still have brake pads. They still have, um, you know, brake fuel and tires that need to be done. But again, you know, with regen braking, you're going to be using those you brake pads You're barely going to use the brakes. I mean, that's, that's a cool part for those for anyone out there who doesn't like a know. game, right? <laughs> it, it is a game because you don't use your brake pedal. You mm. don't at all. And... With certain cars, I mean, I've learned with this Mercedes yeah, that I was driving, um, you've got different regenerative braking modes, right, with the pedal shifters. Yeah. If I go one down, it really bites hard when I come off the accelerator, like it's proper braking. Exactly. And you don't have to use those brakes. So mm. I can imagine, I mean, the cost of, of, of maintenance, it, it's going to be so minimal. I know of someone who, you know, they, they actually drive a BMW i3. Yeah. They, for the very first time, I th exchanged their brake pads or, you know, replaced them, I think it was after 110, 120,000 kilometers. First time. That's how little they yeah. actually use those brake yeah. pads. And again, I think the ability to do that in your vehicle, if you're in, let's say, Joburg traffic, you know, peak time, you got maximum regen on so that you're harvesting the energy back. Mm -hmm. Your efficiency 
is going to be amazing when you do that because you're not using brakes. Yeah. You're actually yeah. just recouping all the energy, yeah. putting that back into your battery. If you're doing long distance travel, you don't want it to break because you want to actually keep that in, in movement. And yeah. so you'll just then remove that. So again, the technology allows you to really become that much more efficient. I mean, that's why a hybrid is what it is, right? Mm. You're adding electrification to an internal combustion engine vehicle to improve it because you're actually adding instant torque when you've mm. got a motor. Mm. You are adding efficiency when you're adding electrification. No, you really are. Now, yeah. that's the bit. You're improving vehicles. But a big part of this is your vehicle at the moment is just your vehicle, mm. right? It's going to, if you're not using it right now, it's just somewhere in a parking lot. But the technology now allows for your vehicle to potentially, you know, become a home battery pack, you know? At some point. Well, I mean, we've got a vehicle in South Africa that um, has been launched recently. Yes. That's got vehicle to load capability. It can just push out a couple of kilowatts for you to boil a kettle, right? Really? These things cannot be done really with conventional petrol cars at the same scale. Okay, no. so so in a and country like ours with, with load shedding, there is potential for you to use your EV to sort of power and run certain things in the household. There's potential for it, correct. If mm. you look at the States, I mean, they launched the F-150 Lightning and they had a specific pack where, you know, where first of all, they've got normal sockets on the, bu the bucky where you can power your power tools and these yeah, types yeah. of things. But they also supply a whole system where they've got a home charger that doesn't only charge your bucky, but it can actually assist, you know, pulling the energy from your bucky and using it at your home. Now, again, there's a lot more that goes into this. And I mm. think many people, when they go EV, they really start thinking about, oh, wow, I can put solar panels on my roof, right? So that means I can most likely charge my car for that. Mm. Okay, so how does this work? And look, mm. it's a big discussion. Don't yeah. get me wrong. You know, you've got to have the right inverters. You've got to have the right solar panels. You've got to have the right charger. There's a lot that goes into it. But again, the technology allows to start heading into that direction. And I mean, again, there's a lot of rabbit holes to jump down here and I won't go into it. But again, you know, smart grids, we've got a grid that is under strain, becoming smart in how we use our energy mm. and how we balance our grid. The cars are not just gonna stay cars. There's a lot of potential for the technology to actually assist with some of the issues we've got in South Africa. One last question, John. When there's load shedding, what happens at a at a charging station? Am I am I fine or is it you know it is what it is? I'd like to answer this in two two ways, right? Okay. Remember, eighty to ninety percent of your charging is at mm -hmm. home, right? Yes. Yes. So if True. you don't have a big battery backup system and you keep your charger running throughout load shedding, that charger is going to go off. It is, but that's not a problem. Mm -hmm. Remember, your phone stays on the next morning you wake up and it'll mm -hmm. be the same with your EV. Mm -hmm. If you do, let's say you have a commute of 50 to 100 kilometers, that's an hour or two or three of AC charging in your garage. You're going to have two or three hours overnight to get your car back to where it was when you parked it, mm -hmm. even with load shedding. Mm -hmm. So in that instance, load shedding doesn't phase you at all. At home. At home, Yeah, correct. If you are in the scenario where you are driving to Cape Town, you keep on looking at your live map and you see, wait, load shedding, it's off. Okay, so the map does show you that. It'll show you it's okay, off, right? Okay. The, the charging st stations smart. will say it's unavailable. Very smart. But remember, there's a whole list of information about that charger mm. when you look at that map. Mm. And one of the items listed is backup. Okay. So there is a mixture. Some chargers won't have backup. 
some would. And I'll, I'll use the example of uh, Colesburg. In Colesburg, there are two DC charges on two different sites. The one has got backup. The other one does not. So if you do arrive there, the one will go off. Yeah, yeah. You'll know about it again. Yeah. You are informed. But the second time, the other one, it it's actually has backup and you'll be able to go and charge there. Okay. Correct. And we are continually working to improve the resilience of the various sites. We will, with certain updates on the app eventually down the line, add load shedding schedules so that you're even more informed. You don't have to do this manually on separate apps. So at the moment, yeah, you know, you might have to just look at two different apps to know if you want to predict these things. But the fact is you do have the information to know. And we are continually improving our support. We have a 24-7 support line as well that EV drivers can call. Mm -hmm. um, and if they have questions about how do they start a charge, if they don't have an account and they actually- They can quickly just They can talk out. to our support team. Wow. Our support team will be able to get them onboarded. And even mm. if they don't have an RFID card, mm -hmm. which most likely they will when they get the vehicle, yeah. they'll be able to use the app to start that charging session. It's amazing. So I think to sum it up, um, the whole EV thing is you've got you've to think and plan. Um, I see it, it's fun for me. It's not as convenient as pulling up to a petrol station and, and just saying- Two hundred rand, please, or full tank, please. Oh, let me let me say one more thing, right? Yeah, I think it will become even more convenient. The only reason really? why, in certain areas, it's not convenient, yeah, is because remember we've had probably three, four years of a EV charging network growth with no real EV market, right? We've got over a hundred mm. years mm. of filling stations and networks that have mm. developed. We are moving into a era where EV charging is going to be more convenient because charging comes to where you are. Think about your day-to-day. -day. You're going to have a charger at your home. You're going to have a charger at your Your're business office. park at the yes. office. You're going to have a charger in the parking lot at the Woolworths, the spa, the gym. It will be where you are. And when you go into the public network, right now, you know, because of the amount of EVs we've got, you will be charging on the charging stations mm. that are there. But we are moving to a future where you've got big EV forecourts, where you have hundreds of connectors at one big location and you won't really have all the issues of convenience that you have or that some people perceive to, that they i think today. it's a perceived inconvenience because i think ultimately i mean you you charge at home you get home you just like you do your phone you plug your car in yeah. and you're good to go the next you day. You forget about it. Yeah. You forget about and it. And you've got apps so you can monitor sessions yeah, live. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I don't really, yeah, I don't think it's an inconvenience. Mm. I think the only planning or quote unquote inconvenience would be doing long distance because then you have to plan and see, okay, but it's, it's not a and remember, It's early days. Right? Hey? It's, early days it's early days right days. now. Yeah, yeah. It's only going to get better from mm. here. And I think that's what people need to know. You know, maybe right now you would feel like you want 20 charges on the N3. First of all, it's not necessary yet. We don't have that many yet. cars on there. Yeah. Exactly. But remember, we are improving the technology. We're improving the experience every single day. And by the time the conventional South African decides, I'm going to go EV, the experience would have moved forward from where it is already today. And it will become even more convenient because you don't have to talk to people if you didn't want to. <laughs> ah. John, it's, it's, it's been insightful. Thank you so much for coming. John Ford Only from Great Cars, ladies and gents. And I think this conversation, I mean, there's so much more to talk about. So I think we are likely going to do a part two of this. Fantastic. Right? Sign me up. <laughs> Lovely. Happy days. And thank you so much for tuning in. I hope you found value in this episode. I certainly did. I learned a lot. If you need any motoring advice, email us at podcast at changecars.co.za. Anything at all, um, any topics that you may want us to talk about, like this whole electric thing, 
Email us. And if you're looking for a car, get on to changecars.co.za. If you need insurance, we're affiliated with Discovery, which is the best. So click on the Discovery tab and get yourself an obligation-free quote. For South Africa's best motoring content, catch all things motoring on DSTV Channel 189 and on YouTube. New episodes every week.